Yeah. In my college days, I would have like quoted Austin Powers and said, "You complete me," or you know, one of those weird. Amen. No, before I start, I did want to just say a little bit more about the Dan Kleitz thing, just to give some history to that. Um, back when Communitas started, Paul had a heart for young adults. He has six kids, as many of you may know. Um, those of you who don't now, you do know. And he wanted to find a way to reach their generation. So he prayed and he sought the Lord. And long story short, this was the fruit of it. Well, while they were praying and like just receiving vision for the generation that you and I are all in, um, his wife Karen had a vision of fires all around the Twin Cities just being lit. And she didn't really know what it was, but they prayed into it. And they just sensed that they were really just like houses on fire for Jesus, going after the King of Kings with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and fulfilling the first, command, the first commandment to unto the return of Jesus. So what we really feel like is Jesus has now planted the foundation through Communitas to give us grace to go do that. And so what Dan Kleitz is going to do is he's going to come and just sow strategy into us. He's very seasoned in this. He's very wise with what we're seeking to do as a community. So if that's on your heart, which I really hope it is, and basically what I mean by that is I really hope it's in our hearts to see a generation where only 4% of us even have a vision for Jesus, let alone love him with all of our hearts, turn into a generation that ushers in the Lord's return. I would just encourage you to just go for that and just come to that meeting and just see what the Lord has for you because really at the end of the day, this whole thing started with one man and a vision and a desire to do whatever the Lord told him to do. And so we're in that room together and we're going for this. So I just wanted to give a little bit of a plug. Amen. So I'm going to pass my notes out. As we're passing those out, um, tonight we're just talking about fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. And that sounds intense. So what I'm going to do tonight with the best of my ability through the grace of Jesus is to make that as simple as possible. And it really is simple. It's, it's hard. So it's not easy, but it's simple. And what I mean by that is it's as simple that Jesus made it available for children. He said, the greatest in the kingdom is a child who just comes to the Father, sits at his feet like Mary of Bethany, and just receives. And that's really what it is. I mean, this is what we were made for. We were made for love. We were made to dwell with the greatest human being ever, Jesus Christ. And he is love. He's the perfect theology of love. He's the definition of it. Um, and that's what we were made for. So tonight we're just going to walk through that practically. And before we get into the notes, um, I just wanted to share with you a little bit of my story because I would imagine there's a large majority of us who somehow stumbled in this room, kind of confused why what we're even doing here, what's this all about, like how did I, what did I get myself into, who are these crazy people, or you may be on the other side of it, you're like so sold out for Jesus you couldn't even care who's sitting next to you. I mean there's all sorts of personalities in this room. I was the first, I was the latter of that about seven years ago. I had no grid for who the Holy Spirit was. I didn't hardly even know what it was like to just talk to Jesus. But I realized life was much more meaningful than what I was living for. In essence, I was a lot like Bob Newman was talking about, just depressed, had a busted childhood, and was hungry for reality. And I found myself at work one day, and this guy was talking about Jesus. And we had like four days to kill because we were doing 
you know, we were working together for four days. And he just, had, I could tell he's had something that I didn't have. So I asked him one day, I was like, dude, what's with Jesus? Like, and it was really that raw. I was like, what is it about Jesus that you like? So he shared his story with me. And in the midst of it, he said, have you ever heard of the Holy Spirit? And I was like, the huh? He's like, the Holy Spirit. And I was like, no, I have no idea what that is. And he goes, you got to get to know the Holy Spirit, man. Like, he's like, Jesus was just so quasi, like, unreal to me until all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came on the scene. So, like, this is literally what I what he told me. He goes, just go read this book, Welcome Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I went to the Christian bookstore, and they didn't even have it, so I had to fresh order it in. And I got into my room one random day. He didn't even give me any theology about the Holy Spirit. He didn't tell me one. He's like, just get to know him. She's like, just read the book. So I went into my room. I read through like 10 pages. And I got to the part where Benny Hinn says, just open your arms and say, welcome, Holy Spirit. So I was like terrified. I was like, this is so weird. I'm like the Holy Spirit. I'm like some tribal Indian thing, like praying to spirits. And like, I was like, I was just being, I'm just being real. I'm trying to be as transparent as I can to help you guys realize that this is just the way it is. So I shut, I got up, I like turned the lights off, I locked my bedroom door because I didn't want anyone walking in being like, what is this kid doing? Like I lived with like three dudes in college who had like just party in and whatever. And here I am like saying, welcome Holy Spirit. So I opened up my arms and I just did it. I just went for it like a kid and I shut the lights off and I opened up my arms and I was just like, okay, Jesus, like welcome Holy Spirit. And I swear to you, like the whole room just got flooded with this peace just a peace and something I had never, ever felt before. And it was so real and it was so beautiful. And I had no idea what it was, but I'd never, and I felt it. And all of a sudden it just felt like this warm, just like blanket of just like peace and love just flooded over my body. So that was the beginning of my journey with the Holy Spirit. And so I met, so I talked with that guy the next year and we shared stories. And then I started coming here and I met with Paul and we just started talking and he just was real with me and he just walked me through just life and just being like, okay, this is who the Holy Spirit is. He's the comforter. He's the healer. He's the just the paraclete, which is just the Greek word for just like the big, very essence of Jesus' spirit. And so that's what it was like for me. And that was my experience and story with just going on the journey of inviting the Holy Spirit into my life and then you know, I started learning about the gifts and the Lord blessed me with the gift of tongues, which if you have questions about it, the Holy Spirit meeting is a great, great forum for asking and getting answers to those questions. Um, so I just wanted to like give you guys my experience and my story because I didn't grow up in the church. I, this wasn't like something that was birthed in me like from the beginning, like some of you may be here or probably like most of you, that's also your story because we're just, you know, kind of wanderers and just chilling in college and then all of a sudden we end up in a place like this and you just you feel the love of jesus you feel it we worship him and then you go home and it's like kind of this tension so tonight we're just going to talk about and go through like how dialoguing with the holy spirit is just a regular part of our life and it's just normal christianity and that's what i want to get through tonight is like this is just normal christianity and you know getting to that place so that is a little bit of my story, um, but just to get started, you know, we basically the Holy Spirit is a man. 
Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that the Holy Spirit has a will and he has emotions and he gives gifts. So just recognizing that that's the reality of who the Holy Spirit helps kind of break down any just confusion about it. So as we read in, you know, the introduction here, um, part A, it says, you know, all believers are called to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so um, just regularly asking the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and let me see what you feel and, you know, let me feel what you feel is just a simple way to just commune with him. And, you know, tonight we're actually going to do this. I'm actually I'm actually going to like walk you guys through what I do every morning when I wake up. The first hour to half hour of my day, I actually do this. And so I'm just and mostly the reason I'm not going to do that to like show you guys how spiritual I am or whatever. I'm just going to show I want to walk through that tonight so we can actually see like, oh, this is possible. Like what we had tonight in worship is possible every moment of my day. And the Holy Spirit is just waiting for it. He's just beckoning us. He's just releasing little nuggets and truths of who Jesus is. I mean, the Bible says that all of creation just screams the beauty of who Jesus is and that the heavens declare your beauty and the whole world is filled with your knowledge. So we're just, so that's where we're going to finish tonight. But I just want to lay some foundation before we get there. So um, we, we, we see, too, in 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen, it says, The love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so that is Paul's prayer to the Corinthians is that, you know, the fellowship, the communion, and that's all that means, just the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're in a fellowship of brothers and sisters tonight. We can be in a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the man, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It's possible. And Jesus actually told us it was to our advantage that he go be with the Father so that we can actually receive the fellowship of the holy spirit and this just blows my mind that um jesus part of the power of the resurrection and one of these days i'm going to give a a message on what the resurrection is that's not for tonight but a little foretaste of that part of the power of the resurrection was jesus's spirit coming on the inside of me and teaching me things about jesus i mean that is so intense if we just sat for like a minute or like five minutes and just actually thought about that and was like, I'm married to Adriana, like we know each other as good as we know anybody, but I can't get her spirit on the inside of me. I can't physically do that, but Jesus did that with me. And then that Holy Spirit comes in and the Bible says he teaches you the deep things of God. He reveals to you the mysteries of Jesus. And that is actually what happened when Jesus rose from the dead. He went to sit with the Father in a resurrected, glorified body And then he said, go Holy Spirit. And Acts 2 hits. They're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They start speaking in tongues and people think they're drunk. I mean, it's so intense. It's so awesome. And like that is actually my story. That is actually the story of creation that Jesus wanted a family. He wanted children. He wanted a bride. And he wanted to put his spirit inside of them so they could be just like him. I mean, that's your story. And that's so intense and so exciting. So... It says in John 7, again, just a scripture of just the beauty of what this looks like. It says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And that's just the Holy Spirit. It's just out of you flows life. And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. And it's out of that fellowship with the Holy Spirit that that life comes. And that's where, all that, that's where everything starts is just on the inside. 
There's a song I love by Missy Edwards that says, life takes place behind the face. And all she means by that is like we spend all this time concerning ourselves with things about this world. And some of it's good. You know, some of it, you know, actually matters. You know, we have to deal with financial issues. We have to deal with relationships. We have to go to school or work or whatever your daily worldly commitments are. But then there's so many things that we occupy our minds with. We just spend so much time in these social media gossip columns and all this bogus nonsense, you know, without getting on that platform. But the point is, is like that place is for Jesus. That place, that reservoir of life is for Jesus' spirit. And that's what he accomplished on the cross. He just said, I want to be with you. And I want my life to flow from your innermost being and strengthen your innermost man. And that's what Paul says in Ephesians. It says, Father, I ask you that you would strengthen their inner man. And he talks about the fullness of the love of God, that it surpasses knowledge. That's what I want to spend my time with. I mean, that's what I want to consume my personality with. And just when I get in conversations with people, like we joke with my parents-in-law, they're just fabulous. They have this friend who, like, they, he sits in, and, like, you don't have to do this, but I just love it because he's just so tender. He'll get in conversations with believers, and they'll be talking about whatever, and then they'll be like, you know, it's been like 10 minutes since we talked about Jesus. Can we sing a song about the king? You know what I mean? Like, that's who he is. And he's just so more, he's just so beautiful. And that's just his life. And it just, the very essence of his personality is like, I just want to focus on the king. You know, amen, right? So true fellowship includes a two-way dialogue. Part, we're on part C here. The Spirit honors our part in the relationship by not forcing us to dialogue with Him if we don't want to. If you don't want this, you don't have to do it. I mean, it's really that, again, it's that simple. If I don't want to go on a date with my wife, I don't have to. But I'm missing out on this beautiful, precious, godly woman who has something to say that I want to hear. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. He's not going to force you into that relationship, but he's going to sit with his precious little smile and his consuming fire of a personality and his uncreated, like, just awesomeness. And he's going to say, I'm ready whenever you are. I'm here. I'm willing. I'm ready and willing. And as we enter into that and we take that step, he's going to teach us things. He's going to reveal things to us, and it's glorious. So the Scripture describes the work of the Spirit in us as God's light, fire, or river. So just a few scriptures about that. You know, um, John 1, 5, it says that there's a bright light that overpowers confusion, accusation, and rejection. Scripture says that the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. My beloved, there is nothing that overcomes the beauty and the presence of Jesus' light. It says he wraps himself in it like a garment. I mean, Jesus wears light. Like, what are you wearing today, Jesus? Y'all, I'm wearing the sun. I birthed that. I spoke that, and I'm wearing it. Believe it. It's on me. I am the sun, and I wear the sun. Okay? I mean, that's, that's just truth. I mean, I, I'm not even... I, I, that's so awesome. I mean, that's just awesome. And he dwells in unapproachable light. You can't even approach it. But then here's the beautiful thing. Like, this is so crazy. I mean, Jesus, he was wearing that light. In Genesis 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He said, I want to be with them. I'm taking off this light, and I'm putting on flesh. And I'm going to be with them, and I want to walk with them, and I want to talk with them, and I want to show them the face of the Father. 
So he takes that light off, he puts on flesh, and then he gives you the Holy Spirit. I mean, that is just awesome. Just so awesome. So the, the Holy Spirit, he's light. The Holy Spirit, he's a fire. Luke twenty four thirty two and John five thirty five. We read in Hebrews 12, he's an all-consuming fire. I mean, this spirit will consume everything that hinders love. The Bible says that you will, things will perish when you go to heaven and things that are imperishable will not perish. So there are things in this life that Jesus will consume with the Holy Spirit's fire. And that's what Jesus, that's what John the Baptist declared in the book of Matthew. He says, I baptize with fire, but the one is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. All right, John baptizes with water. Sorry. John baptizes with water. One is coming who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. And he's a flowing river. So there's scriptures there. I encourage you to read them. We won't get through them all tonight. So then just a little bit about this, because this this is where it gets challenging with our flesh. And this is where I struggle with the most because of kind of what I was talking about earlier. And just the reality that life is crazy. Life is busy. We're consumed. We're just filled in this culture with just fascination that is bogus. Um, And so we're so distracted. And so this actually takes time. And this is where I just want to encourage you not to get discouraged, not to get just not to get boggled down with the accusations that you're not good enough because it's a challenge and it's always going to be a challenge and it will get easier as the days go on. But there's just a real decision. It's that real commitment that's like, all right, I'm I'm just going to go for this. And some days I'll feel the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And other days it's just going to seem like another thing of part of my morning. But it just the point is, is, you know, it takes time to calm and quiet our souls before the Lord because we're busy. We're just busy people. We're in a we're in a culture where I can get what I want as fast as I want it. Um, you know, if I have enough money in the world, I can pretty much get what I need as far as as far as daily necessities go. I can be provided for. So that availability and uh, you know resources are always pulling from our time. So it actually just takes effort. We have to commit effort into the relationship to calm and quiet our souls. And it says in Psalm 131, David, this is the Psalm that David wrote. He says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Sarah and Ben are leaving, but their precious little baby is just resting in in his mother's arms. That little Aaron Asher is just hanging out in the precious, comforting arms of his mother. And that's what the Lord wants from us. Yes, there's going to be those times of intensity, those times of, you know, weeping and, you know, gnashing our teeth, all that stuff. It's true. It's, it's real. It's part of the kingdom. But we have to be able to get to that point where we can come before the Lord and just quiet our souls like David's talking about. And the scripture that I love is when Jesus is encountering Elijah and he's calling Elijah into ministry. And Jesus, or, you know, the Lord, I call him Jesus because Jesus is Yahweh. I just don't worry about distinctions but anyways old testament yahweh is encountering elijah and calling him into ministry and he comes to with he comes to elijah with um with a fire with an earthquake with something likened to a hurricane just these intense natural disasters and elijah who's a man of the lord he recognizes the spirit of god he um he doesn't find the lord in these, you know, in these intense, just overwhelming, you know, natural encounters. Instead, he finds the Lord in the still, quiet voice. 
And that's how Jesus wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to us in, in this still, quiet voice and just the presence of the Holy Spirit where he just gives us little phrases and little words. And it says in Proverbs 25 that it's to the glory of a king to hide. Or it's the glory of a God to hide a matter like this, but it's the glory of a king to search it out. And so it takes that time to calm yourself and go quietly before the Lord and just dial down. And that's what we're going to walk through that tonight practically. But just knowing that that takes time. And, you know, I've I've written in the notes somewhere along here that it takes a few months to really get in the habit of that, to really, like, learn this behavior and learn this skill. And, you know, as a child walks before he crawls before he walks and all those progressional steps, it's the same way with this whole reality. If we, as we walk this out, as we go for this, it just takes time. It takes consistency. It takes faithfulness. And Jesus is so in the business of the process. He loves the process. So I wish I had time to give you guys stories about that. But the point is, I just wrote these notes. It's like, as we linger in his presence, we speak affectionately, intermittently saying little things, like little phrases like, I love you. I love you, Holy Spirit more Holy Spirit. You know, not this like rapid fire intensity. I mean, the scripture says that when you go before the Lord, when you pray, shut the door and just pray in peace. You know, Matthew 6, you know, I'm just paraphrasing it here. You know, because the Father already knows what we want before we ask Him. He already knows these things. So it's, and it's not like the Father's playing tricks on us to like do this weird thing where He's like testing us and whatever. He just wants to teach us things. You know, when I go into my, like if, you know, if I go into Paul's office, who's one of my spiritual fathers, I don't go in there like with a banging gong and like make my present. You know, I'm not going to do that with the Holy Spirit because he knows what I need. He's gentle. He's kind. He's passionate. So there's not shouting at the indwelling spirits, briefly speaking, just short phrases, not paragraphs. And like I said, this again, this takes time. So I would encourage you to just to continue to read through those. So. We're going to walk through a few of these, this trust acronym, because these are some of those practicals, and then we're actually going to go for this. So, um, yeah, it says, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So this, again, it's the secret of our lives. This behavior, this skill, this skill we're going to, we learn as we dwell with Jesus, it's really the secret of who we are, in that we cannot do a thing without Jesus. I can't do anything exciting. I can't speak one word of like entertaining preaching without Holy Spirit. I mean, you can't do anything. I mean, that is just so beautiful. And that's beautiful to me. Like, because if I could do anything, if I could do anything apart from Jesus, it would just be, you know, terrifying to know that like there's some ability for me to conquer some whatever. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. But the fact that we can do nothing apart from Jesus means it's okay to be totally vulnerable, totally dependent, totally childlike, totally raw, and just, like, real with your emotions. Like, I remember when I was getting set free from, like, my past and some of the childhood issues I had, I just found so much peace in being able to be honest with Jesus and being like, Jesus, I'm jacked up. Like, for real, I'm messed up. I got issues. I'm angry. I'm frustrated, like, I don't get along with my my parents, like, I don't like this person, like, and I'm just like, whew, that felt really good. And then Jesus was like, I know. He's like, yep, I, be, I created you. The human heart is wicked above all things. I'm not afraid of you. I love you. That changes nothing about how I feel about you. You're still beautiful. <clears throat> Luke 15, like, 
I saw you running. You didn't do a thing to earn it. I got up. I walked. I ran to you. I kissed you. I hugged you. I put my robe upon your back. I put my ring upon your finger. I killed the calf. I threw a party for you. And I'm just so in love with you. Like, it's cool. Be jacked up, Paul. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware of that. And I'm fully capable of fixing you. So, like, amen? Like, that is just sweet to me. And I'm like, it's just so comforting to me to know, like, I don't have to do anything to know that Jesus loves me and that I can, and I, and I can't do anything without him. So it's just beautiful. So you can just be real about that with who you are. And you, you know, that's what we were talking about tonight. Like just to cease from all that striving, cease from all that performance orientation and just trying to get into good standing with Jesus apart from him, apart from the finished work of the cross. So it's beautiful. And then the fact that we have the Holy Spirit to just make it even more awesome. So the first word of this acronym, TRUST, I just call thank you. And these aren't my notes, actually. These I totally plagiarized and hijacked from another preacher. If you, fe- if you Google fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, you'll see the real person who wrote it. And Mike Bickle, amen. So I hijacked his message, and he would be proud that I did that. Because he gives so... This isn't even me. This isn't even my message. I just... I found this to be an amazing tool to walk out what we're talking about tonight. So thank you. It just recognizing and thanking Jesus that his spirit dwells within me. So just just being so gracious and just thankful that it's like, Jesus, thank you that you found it in your good favor and your good kindness to put inside of me your beautiful spirit and your love and your kindness and your, confe- and your compassion and your mercy and your gentleness and your, you know, just your fire and your justice in all these great, all these beautiful things. And it says, when we see him, we'll be like him. So just spending time just thanking him. And I've noticed too, the more I thank Jesus for all the beautiful things that he's done inside of me through the Holy Spirit or the things he's going to do inside of me through the Holy Spirit, it just brings me so much joy and it takes my mind off of my own struggles. And for that moment and through that time, it allows me to say, you know, this isn't what I'm struggling with. My circumstances aren't anything compared to the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And then Revelation, Jesus is so in the business of releasing the revelation of who he is. Jesus loves himself. I mean, Jesus is so confident in who he is. He's so confident and he's just so settled in that his love is greater than anything this world has to offer. The Bible says his love is better than wine. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his word for your love is better than wine. And all that means is like, Jesus, your love are greater than all the passing pleasures of this life. And even better than like my marriage. And so like something as sweet and awesome as marriage, Jesus' love blows that out of the water. Like blows it out of the water. And that's not a knock on like me or my wife or the relationship we have or anything. It's just an exaltation of the beauty of who Jesus is. So he's excited to release this to us. And so we can pray the actual scriptures about understanding the revelation of Jesus that we would get the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who Jesus is. And I pray that scripture probably more than any other scripture in all of the Bible. And I just ask the Lord, I'm like, Jesus, just teach me who you are. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Let me feel your heart. Let me know what you're thinking. Consume me with your personality. And as you start to walk this out, the Lord will just give you prayers to pray back to him. And it's just so fabulous. So um, 
so yeah, so I want to spend, so I'm not going to go through the remaining three, um, UST, you know, use me, strengthen me, teach me, also very good things. So what I wanted to spend some time doing um, is just actually going for this. And just, again, this is literally what I did this morning. Um, I was praying about this message. And um, I just, again, like the whole crux of this is I just want to give you guys just some fruit to actually take home and just let you know, like, this is available. And just a plug for the IHOP prayer room. I'm not saying you have to believe everything they believe, whatever. But they're so convicted about touching anybody and everybody they can with in just seeing Jesus change the whole world that they have put a 24-7 prayer room for free online anytime. I listen to it on the bus. I listen to it at work. I listen to it at my house. And I just spend as much time as I can just receiving the prayers that they're offering up, the night and day incense to the King of Kings. So I encourage you, this is what I spend a lot of my time in the secret place receiving from. And that's what this is a clip from. It's just a random 8 a.m. prayer set from Monday, April 22nd. I mean, that's all this is. And so if this touches you, fabulous. If this isn't for you, I understand. But that's just something that that's just something that's helped me, is just receiving from these precious leaders who give their lives to worshiping Jesus and give their lives to seeing his justice and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm just going to lead this out. And I basically, all we want, all I'm just encouraging you to do is just open up your hands and receive from the Holy Spirit and to help like dial down your mind. Because this is the challenge. As we go through this, all these distractions come up. It's like, oh, I got this coffee with that lady. I got this meeting tomorrow. I got to do this with my whatever, whatever, whatever. Just say, welcome Holy Spirit. Just come Holy Spirit. I dial me down. Jesus, we wait on you. Just, I would just encourage you, and I'm just going to speak some things out just to give you guys some like hints as to how you can 